This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer. A free-for-all Friday. You're asking to hear something I don't want to say. But if I do say it, I think you ought to hear it. You got anything on your chest besides your chin, you better get it off. All right, then you asked for it. Yes, we did. So lay it on us. Free-for-all Friday means you set the tone. Here is Libby Snymer. Good afternoon and welcome to this free-for-all Friday, the one, the original free-for-all Friday. And as always, there is a lot to talk about, a lot for us to take in. Uh, We have not yet talked about the discovery of the more than 700 unmarked graves, mostly of Indigenous children at that residential school, former residential school in Saskatchewan. And I know that uh, reckoning is taking place. And it's something that's very difficult for Indigenous people. And uh, it comes just a few days before Canada Day. And it's something that, you know, we all should be thinking about it. Some parts of the story are are particularly haunting for me. Uh, This story that it was one priest that bulldozed markers for those graves. Uh, I also find that hard to believe that it was some kind of lone actor because the other, the other grave discovery in Kamloops, also the graves were unmarked. In the meantime, the Catholic religious community that operated those residential schools, the Oblates, uh, has said that it will disclose all the historical documents. It actually says it has been trying to do so and there are problems because of privacy laws that are different in each province and jurisdiction. Uh, so we'll see about that. That's one of the things that a lot of people have been calling for, disclose everything. Um, it's not been a good day altogether. Uh, I was very disturbed watching that building collapse in Miami on Collins Avenue. I actually recalled a long time ago, probably, I don't know, 40 years ago, staying at a condo right somewhere there on Collins Avenue, which is a huge street that goes all along the beach, Uh, a friend of my parents. Uh, And, you know, the way the collapse went, it's very reminiscent of what we saw on 9-11. Even though it seems to be something very different, there's no indication that any terrorist act is involved here. But very hard to watch and wrap your head around uh, all the more. There's good news. Before I get to the phones, 35% of people in Toronto are double vaxxed. And as of Monday, anyone over 18 can get a second shot. Monday, big day for me. That is the day that I become fully immunized. Two days, two weeks, sorry, after my second shot. And speaking of that, um, people, what are you planning to do if you have a second shot? Is anybody out there still having a problem Booking it. Uh, is there anything different that you're going to do? 
I, it's, I feel like slowly, slowly, it's not like uh, I'm going to go wild or anything now that the second shot is done. And, and we also have the reopening next Wednesday, at least to stage two. So what's the first thing you're going to do? I bet there are a lot of hair appointments, many petty appointments that people are trying to book. The numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And let us begin with Maria in Toronto. Hi, Maria. Oh, hi there. I just want to say I went to the Congress Center to get my second shot yesterday. The staff there was fantastic. I mean, I couldn't, the lineup, I swear they must have had over 500 people waiting in line. Of course, I couldn't wait and walk that way. They got me a wheelchair, and they wheeled me right in, and within half an hour, I was out of there. That's great. I'm so glad to hear that and so glad that you are giving them some kudos because uh, last week, anyway, we were hearing that a lot of those workers were taking abuse from people who, you know, wanted their show, whatever the reason was. No excuse for that. He pushed me right in front. He said, no, because, you know, you're handicapped. You just and you have an appointment 610. I'm going to take he took me right in. That, it kind of felt bad. I mean, I saw all these people waiting in line, but then I thought, well, I, I'm handicapped, so... But they were wonderful. Everybody there was fantastic. I mean, I can't say enough about how how I was treated there. Well, I'm very glad to hear that, Maria, and you have yourself a great weekend. Thanks for your call. You too. You take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Let us go to Ron in Guelph. Hello, Ron. Hello, Larry. Thanks for taking my call. Well, I'm a little bit disturbed. My son in Montreal, is uh, he's already had his first dose. He's only 20 in university, and he's, he had an, got an appointment this past Monday, and he's getting his second dose. It's coming Monday. I'm 72. I'm getting the runaround from the uh, health department out here. Um, their answer is that rock and roll song, don't call us, we'll call you. My pharmacy says, same thing. All right, really? We'll call you. It's because here in Toronto, uh, second doses are going to be available for anybody over 18 as of Monday. I think it really makes a difference where where you live. That I mean, it, it seems really different. I mean, they're even having a huge uh, Vaxapalooza at, at Scotia Plaza yeah. here with 25,000 people on Sunday. I thought that. Well, the part of the, the biggest, whoever becomes the next government in Ontario, uh, Noah says, he says, uh, there's only 18 health regions in the whole province of Quebec. 18 as to what? We got 34 in this province? Right. There's a one phone number for Quebec. There's one email address for you to book an appointment, all right, compared to whatever we have here in Ontario. So, and the numbers, I'm looking at the numbers right now. And for the last two days in Quebec, it's only double digits and no deaths. So um, they're doing something right in Quebec that we're not doing in Ontario. And um, 
I don't know. I don't know what the difference is. Well, the the, the numbers, we, we have a bigger population. The numbers are very looking very, very good here, too. Uh, and I don't know, can you get yourself to Toronto to get a shot? Because, I mean, honestly, I don't know the situation in Guelph, but things are pretty good here. Well, you know what? I mean, I, I can drive down there if I'm... I don't, at this point, I don't really care. I'm supposed to get a Pfizer shot, but I don't know when that might happen. Um, I don't know what they're giving out in Toronto right now. Um, I I think it's a, a lot of Moderna, but yeah. uh, I, I'm not really sure. And, and you know what? Um, yesterday, the premier got a shot. He got a second AstraZeneca. So there you go. Yeah. I, I bet just, there are a lot of those well, after all I, the... My, my final comment, Libby, is that I mean, yeah, they started having problems early in Quebec. And then, um, I mean, this is ridiculous. How can Quebec have 18 health regions and we've got 34 and we've been running around with, like chickens with our head cut off in terms of all the, uh, the way we're things? So whoever becomes the next government, I hope that becomes a priority for them, that they uh, get this uh, in hand with uh, so it's more organized in terms of health regions. Okay, well, yeah, that that was a big controversial thing too, Ron. Thanks for your call, and and good luck to you getting your second shot. Thanks, bye. Bye Bye-bye. Oh, what have I done here? Okay. Debbie in Toronto. Hello, Debbie. Hello, my dear. You're on the air. Go ahead. I uh, had my first and second vaccines And I want to relate to that Maria that just called and said she didn't have to wait in line. But there was nobody where I went, only me me and one other person. Where was that? It was at the Shoppers Drug Mart here on Queen Street West in Ossington. Hmm. I just had to phone for my appointments both times, but when I went... There was only maybe one other person in the store. We got to sit down while I waited, and I loved it. Well, that's good. That's, uh, that is the beauty of having an appointment mm-hmm. at, a, at a pharmacy where there aren't too many other people in line. So um, you, good for you. you. Think this, there would have been a line, eh? Well, they they probably had steady appointments, I would imagine, but ask people not to come too far in advance. I mean, the 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 bottom line is that everything is all over the map. Uh, when I went for my second shot, there was a little bit of it was a little chaotic at the pharmacy, I have to say. But we got our shots; everything was fine, all good. Mm-hmm. Well, good for you, Debbie. Both the appointments I made myself, not the family doctor. Yep. Okay. Thanks very much for your call, Debbie. Let's. I love you. Thank you. Let's Hi go there. to Barbara in Etobicoke. Hello, Barbara. Hi there. Um, I was just calling because um, my own experience is um, I'm getting really frustrated. I followed the rules for a year and a half, and the last three weeks have been frustrating because I can't, every everything I hear, and it's not the media's fault. You're reporting what was about there. But like 65% have not had their six, their second dose. I got my first dose um, on March 23rd. Um, I was supposed to get a second one July 13th. It was moved back to um, eventually on when they opened it up to 70-year-olds, it was moved back to June the 30th. That was three weeks ago, and I've been trying to move it back sooner, and everything I hear 
on on television and radio is it's opening up. Everybody can get their shot, and that hasn't been my experience. I only call because it's been very frustrating for me. Are you going through the provincial website, or are you trying the pharmacies? No, I went through the provincial website and the provincial hotline. Well, uh, I would suggest, why don't you try some pharmacies and see if you can get in sooner? June 30th is next Wednesday. Yes, I, I, by the time I got it now, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not getting excited about that. I just wanted to point out that, that not everybody's having a positive experience. <laughs> well, exactly. No, no, no. We've been talking for weeks with people who are having various degrees of difficulty. It's, it's different in every region and city. We're, we're talking to somebody in Guelph and he, you know, he's 70 and, uh, he, he hasn't been able to book the shot yet. Um, it, it's just very much seems to be kind of luck of the draw, very local, great one place, not so great the other. Right. I had, I was, was, I think I got spoiled as well because when it first opened up, um, when I first got it, a friend of mine who's, I'm okay on the computer, but she's faster. And I actually got, I was the fifth one to get an appointment on March 23rd. And I got an appointment the next day, like I got it the next day. So I think I was spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, if if you search around and there are pop-ups and all this stuff, you can probably get it earlier than Wednesday. I, I don't know if, uh, you know, it's uh, at, even... At this point, I'll just wait. But, but um, I mean, and your first caller today said how great Congress Center was, and my experience was the same, although I'm not handicapped. Um, but... Um, they they were they were great, and I think everybody's having that experience once they get there. But I'm because I'm over seventy, I'm not going to go and line up with thousands of people to get a shot. Yeah, I wouldn't want to do that either, <laughs> Barbara. Thank you very much for your call, and and good luck getting your shot. Okay, thank you. Bye. Bye. Right. Let me give the numbers out again. 416-360-0740. Toll free. One eight six six seven forty. For 740. So far, we've been talking about the vaccine rollout, people getting their shots. That's been what we have been talking about over the last month or so. There are other issues that have come up. Uh, does anybody have anything to say about that discovery, terrible discovery of more than 700 unmarked graves at the site of a former residential school in Saskatchewan? Also, some people are calling for Canada Day, which is next Thursday, to be cancelled. The conservative leader came out and said he does not think the holiday should be cancelled. Do you have any views on that? Should we cancel it or should we just make it something that's more sober and reflective? What are you planning on Canada Day? And then there's the little political brouhaha that has popped up, and that involves the MP Carolyn Bennett. Uh, she is the Minister of Indigenous Services, uh, Indigenous Affairs, uh, and she sent a very nasty tweet to Jody Wilson-Raybould. Remember Jody Wilson-Raybould? She was the first Indigenous Justice Minister, she caused a huge headache for the Trudeau government with SNC-Lavalin saying uh, that they shouldn't have been gotten the kind of pass that they did from the government. So uh, what do you think of that? You know, I have to tell you, uh, Carolyn Bennett is the MP in my writing. She's been there forever. I've only met her once and 
my impression of her as a person was not good. And I don't know, politicians are people. Some some are really nice, some are not. But what do you think of this, that on this particular day with this finding, Jody Wilson-Raybould uh, s- sent out a tweet about what she thought the government should do and her feelings about this. Uh, and she said that she thought the government should deal with it before the next election. And uh, the one word text that Carolyn Bennett texted back was pension. Uh, so the insinuation being, did Jody Wilson-Raybould just want to hang on long enough to be eligible for a very lucrative MP pension? Uh, Wilson-Raybould called it racist, you know, perpetuating a stereotype that Indigenous people are just in it for the money. She also called it misogynistic, which that I I don't really get since Carolyn Bennett is also a woman. But uh, Carolyn Bennett apologized. She said she let, you know, personal dynamics, personal animus get in the way. But uh, you got to wonder, I mean, really? And, And it would be bad enough if, you know, she was just another MP. But but this is her file. Presumably, she understands or should understand or have some empathy about how it affects Indigenous people. So, I mean, I'm just shaking my head, but not surprised. So, I don't know, should Trudeau dump her over that? Some people are saying, yeah, but I don't know. The numbers 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. We'll be back after a break. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer. When one considers the meaning of life, it is a struggle between alternative viewpoints of life itself. A free-for-all Friday. And without the ability to defend one's own viewpoint against other, perhaps more aggressive ideologies, then reasonableness and moderation could quite simply disappear. Name your topic and be as deep as you like, as long as there's a point in there somewhere. Here is Libby Snymer. Welcome back to this free-for-all Friday. I want to begin with a caller in Guelph, another caller in Guelph, who had a very different experience than Ron in Guelph. And maybe I hope Ron's still listening because uh, maybe she has a good tip for him. Debbie in Guelph, hello. Hi. Um, yes, I got my first vaccine here in Guelph uh, on March 31st. At that time, when the paper they gave me at the end, they crossed out the line where they would have put a date for my second one, mm-hmm. but they double-checked my email address and my phone number, and they said, we will contact you when you can have your second. And I was getting a bit antsy waiting, but I had heard of others getting theirs. And sure enough, last Thursday morning, uh, about 8.30, I got an email with a code number. I could go to the uh, booking site and put in my code number and was able to select. I had a a raft of appointments available. Um, It was all over the news, though, that they were out of Pfizer, which had been my first one. And so I wasn't surprised. The night before, I did get another email telling me it would be Moderna. And if I wasn't wanting that, I could rebook. But I went on um, this Wednesday at noon And honestly, I practically walked right in. There was pretty well no one in front of me. Um, I was out of there before my appointment time. 
You know what? I'm, I hope Ron and Guelph is listening. It sounds like there might be some mess up with, uh, the code or that he received or didn't receive or maybe with his original paper. Cause I know some people, uh, who, you know, had different versions. Either they got a, a, a date, no date, whatever it was. So, uh, I would encourage him to try to maybe get through on the telephone. Well, Guelph had been really ahead of, um, certainly we were ahead percentage-wise than nearby Waterloo or different things that I see on the news at night. We were, like percentage-wise, we had uh, vaccinated more people. So they they were really doing well. I had mine at, a, it's called Skyjack. It's an industrial place up on at the north end here, and, and they're so well run. They've got people directing cars. They got you directing the line. They have you getting your health card ready. Uh, you know, it's all just fabulous. Okay. Well, again, I'm saying it, Ron, maybe there was some mess up with your particular, uh, your particular one. Things mess up online. I've just been right. dealing with mess ups uh, of various things that were entered online, uh, you know, when you're dealing with any kind of bureaucracy. So I would just encourage Ron to use the phone, try to get a person, and maybe that will help. And Debbie, thanks for your call, and I'm glad it went so well for you. Thank you. Have a good day. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Okay, we're going to uh, switch a little gears here. Dave in Brampton wants to tell us about a scam. Hi, Dave. Hi. Uh, well, I had about four phone calls. Now, I'm not 100% sure. It's either, they said either the FCA or the F. TA, I couldn't make out the center letter, and they said that they are going to abolish all credit card debt. What? Yeah, can you believe that? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> Neither did I. So they ask you to push the button if you want to go on further. Of course, I push the one that turns the phone off. That's uh, that's wise. <laughs> well, just I remember, nobody. That, I just wanted to warn people that that's out there. D- Nobody legitimate is going to ask uh, is, in an unsolicited phone call like that. I mean, sometimes I do get uh, what appears to be um, maybe a legitimate call from a bank trying to sell you a new service. Uh, even those, mm, no, I don't think so. But, uh, but yeah, just beware of scams. And you know what? You can't go wrong um, doing what you did. Yeah, well, now, as far as the shot goes, I had my first shot very early. I had to wait for the second one. Uh, Unfortunately, I went into the Brampton Hospital. Oh, sorry to hear that. Blood clots that I had, not from the the virus, uh, or pardon me, the vaccine. And unfortunately, when I left the hospital, uh, approximately two days later, I came down with COVID, which I caught in the hospital. Oh, dear. So there you go. And I suffered with that. I'm okay now. I still have uh, a few problems left over from it. Sorry to hear that. Well, it's one of those things, you know, I I was shocked when I got it. (laughs) Okay, Dave, uh, you take care. I I do. I will. Thank you. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Uh, Callers, be patient. We'll get to you. There was somebody who wanted to talk about... Canada Day and the fact that some people want to cancel it, um, you know, I'm trying to get through all the calls, and that is a topic that I would like to 
tackle it a little bit. Uh, but right now, let's go to Helen in Toronto. Hello, Helen. Hi, Libby. <laughs> I've had a very bad experience, and in my opinion, uh, Oaken Trust is just not treating its seniors in a respectable manner. Uh, this, there were two situations, and they're not resolved yet. I've been on the phone for three days straight. For in their, um, in <laughs> I don't know why, they dropped my name from investments that are both on my mother's name and mine, and those are the ones I draw on in order to pay for her facility at the long-term care home. Um, that's going round in circles and circles, and I've said to them, look, take a look at the August uh, 2017 investment. You will see two names on them. Suddenly, the name got dropped. One of the people said, oh, it shouldn't be a big deal. Well... So far, it is, and uh, I've, I've heard very similar stories, especially when it involves guardianship, power of attorney. But if your name was on it, my it name should... was on it, and, I, and they know I'm power of attorney. And they said to me, "Well, if you're power of attorney, you don't need your name on it." Yes, you do. Well, because... well, I, I mean, I can't adjudicate the particular thing. Uh, what I'm saying is. I've heard of lots of issues with banks when it comes to documentation and you have to be lucky and get somebody good. Maybe they have an ombudsman. Um, you know, I know of people who've had the same issue and oh, showing really? the same documents time after time after time and, and, and it's a mess and a lot of things are messed up like that. Um, well, when I asked to speak to somebody else, they all, it all lanes came back to the same person. Uh, one day I, t- he w- I was told he's a supervisor. The next day I'm told he's the manager. I said, did he get promoted last night? Well, well, uh, you know, uh, try asking for a banking ombudsman. Uh, try asking for, you know, public relations. Pardon? At the same institution? Well, they should have one, but it, it's, all, it's also one of these online institutions. You're open, right. So, you know, uh, right. sometimes, and it doesn't always help, but if you go to a bank that actually has a branch uh, where there's actually a person, it may help. It may not. But, Helen... Well, that's uh, where I'm going to be banking I, from now on. I, I hear you, Helen. How, I try to have a nice weekend. Thanks for your call. And let us see. Jim in Pickering. Hi, Jim. Hi, Libby. How are you? Fine. How are you? I'm doing very well. I had a difficult day yesterday listening to um, that press uh, release and report on uh, regarding Saskatchewan. Yeah. And, you know, so I turned in over to your station just to see if you were going to do it on your noon programming and do a segment on it. I don't think you did. No, we didn't. We're, we're, it, it, it sort of, it was happening just as we were going to air. We're going to definitely do it in depth on Monday. Yeah. Oh, really? So tune in on Monday. Yeah, because you know what? It's going to go on for a while. Maybe oh, my years, goodness. Probably years. But Libby, do you remember? I, I felt so bad. Like when I called, I was very, very, I guess, upset, moved with that St. Michael's incident. And uh, then, of course, uh, as you recall, you remember those young boys? Oh, yeah. Coming? Yeah, well, but it's the same system. And, uh, you know, it's the same system. And then when I heard Kamloops. And uh, the 215, and you know what's interesting, uh, I guess, is that the name of that institution or residential school was uh, St. Michael's. 
So I went to that St. Michael's that was in the press with that those boys charged through the video. My brother went to a St. Michael's downtown, same story. You know, uh, Libby, I don't want to be a crybaby or anything, but I came through that system. I know what it is. So I was born in 1946. That means I started school probably around 1951. Well, it could have been 1851. You know, there was no television. Obviously, there was no Internet or any of that stuff, right? And I was, we were taught by the, the nuns and the priests, right? And it was the same thing, the indoctrination. And, and it was very hard to escape that and mm-hmm. go on. Why? Because you're told that, uh, you know, we're gonna, we either can beat you now and you're going to go to hell later. Well, at least um, at least these days, uh, all that physical punishment is completely illegal. Um, wow. Yeah, I mean, we're going to have to reckon with that. Jim, thanks for your call. Right. Mike in East York, you want to talk about mixing vaccines? Yeah, well, we spoke uh, last time about trying to get the uh, entrance, uh, the uh, vaccine uh, itself entered into those yellow international traveler books. And uh, so I produced that for my second shot. And, of course, they looked at me like I was a Martian. Uh, no idea what, what, what I was talking about. They wouldn't fill it out. I thought, oh, great. Well, you know, whatever. I'll, I'll get the piece of paper anyway. So, and the good news is, must be lucky, lucky the Irish. The second piece of paper, uh, following the first AstraZeneca shot, which the Americans didn't recognize at the time, uh, said, this is your second shot. It's a Pfizer. And that's all they said. So I, I suppose if I wanted to fool the Americans, I could have done it with that. Well, actually, the uh, the the documentation we get only shows what the second shot is, but exactly. the Americans have now recognized AstraZeneca, so it's all good. Yeah, I know, but for a while there was a bit sweaty. Oh, well, it wouldn't matter if you put it in my yellow book. But as I said, you know, all things old or new, they they uh, they didn't even know what I was talking about with the yellow book. Well, the yellow book isn't going to get you very far when it comes to a vaccine. Uh, we hear, you know, I think. Uh, the government should hurry up and figure out something that it will be recognized at borders as a kind of vaccine passport, something with a barcode, something that goes in your passport. Uh, but right now, all we have is uh, the ones I was holding up, crumpled piece of paper and an email. The yellow book actually had an official stamp in the whole night. Like it was an embossed stamp in the whole night yard. Okay, but I, I think I think that ship has sailed. I think the Probably. time of the yellow book is over. Well, I don't know. I'm hanging on to mine anyway, just in case. For the oh. next one. Okay, thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Uh, right, where are we here? Um, the numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free 866 740 Four seven forty. Uh, there's a lot to talk about. We're still dealing with the vaccines. People are telling us how it's going. There are still some people who are having difficulty booking a second shot. Uh, we uh, are also we've we've had one call on the residential school situation yesterday. Uh, mass graves were found. They were found actually the day before yesterday. Over 740 of them in Saskatchewan. Very, very troubling discovery. Uh, the people involved have said that they will work to identify each one of those people that are buried there in an unmarked grave. And apparently there used to be markers and the markers were bulldozed by a Catholic priest in 1960. 
Um, it's all extremely troubling. The numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. We've got Sean in Hamilton. Hello, Sean. Hey, good afternoon, Libby. How are you? Fine. Good, good. First-time caller. Oh, wait. Uh, there you go, your bell. Awesome, awesome. I've been listening to you for many years. Great. Um, i just like to comment on the, the, the vaccine. So I live in Hamilton, and back on May 9th, which is Mother's Day, I went to uh, St. Catherine's to get my first shot, and because um, I'm 51. And so I went to St. Catherine's, and I got my first shot. It was Pfizer. So then when it opened up um, this week um, for people that had it May 9th or prior, I actually got the appointment on Wednesday, which was a couple of days ago in Hamilton, and I got the Moderna in Hamilton. So, uh, yeah, I, I can't complain for, for the, I think it's approximately six weeks from my first dose to my second one. So I can't really complain at all about uh, the timing for me. I, I, that sounds like um, all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything's good. And, um, you know, just, just another quick little comment um, about, um, you know, those, the mass graves and everything. I really don't understand if it was, um, how should I say, if, it, if there is a body found in someone's backyard or something, it would be sectioned off, there'd be police there and everything like that. And this terrible, terrible event that's happened, I think uh, they should really, really focus on that, make it priority. Well, um, it, they've said they're treating it as a crime scene. Yeah. And and the, the fact is that Indigenous people knew about this. It's referred to in the report of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. I want to know more about, the. I mean, this story that one priest got mad and bulldozed headstones. If if it's one priest, then how is it that in Kamloops, these graves are also unmarked? You know, was there some kind of order from somewhere to bulldoze the gravestones to try to hide this? And how many more of these unmarked graveyards are there? Yeah, I, I'm I mean, sure. I'm, yeah. I, it's, it just, it's, it's terrible. Yeah. I'm sure once, uh, you know, once there's more investigation, I'm sure they're going to find it all throughout Canada, unfortunately. Yep. Uh, well, all throughout wherever the, those uh, schools were. Sean, thanks for your call. Yeah. Thanks. Take care, Libby. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. Time for a break. The numbers before we go to break, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. We've been talking about the terrible discovery at the site of a former residential school in Saskatchewan. More than 740 souls buried there, at least. Uh, also, uh, there are people who are saying Canada Day should be cancelled. It's coming up on Thursday. What do you think? Or uh, should we have a different kind of a Canada Day this year? We're going to take that break, and we will be back with more of your calls after. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer, a free-for-all Friday. Step up, say your piece, and we promise not to interrupt. 
Just be lively about it. We have a lot of listeners hanging on your every word. Here is Libby Snymer. Welcome back to this Free For All Friday. We're going to get right to the phones. Sherry in Liberty Village. Hello. Hello. Go ahead. You're on the air, Sherry. Hi. I wanted to talk about uh, the discovery of the children in Saskatchewan. Go ahead. I find it uh, very disturbing and upsetting. I don't know how people can do that to innocent children. Well, yeah, and and it it turns out that, you know, their parents never found out, many of their parents never found out what happened to them. Uh, a lot of children in residential schools died of disease, but, uh, you know, the evidence is that they were not taken care of, or many, many of them were not properly cared for, they didn't get proper food, they didn't get proper medical care, um, they were treated very badly, many of them. Yeah, it's very upsetting that people would treat people like that, you know, especially the innocent children. Well, and, and you know, the other thing that I, I found very disturbing that I didn't know is that I, I've seen testimony from elders who actually were there who said, well, you know, their parents sort of knew, but they they were sent to residential school because at a certain point, if not, one of their parents would have to go to jail. Yeah, I know. It's, it's a very bad situation. And for them to be taken away from their parents, too, was really bad. Well, yeah, that's uh, absolutely. And, and imagine that kind of a choice. Send your kid to this school or one of you goes to jail. It's just, it's horrifying, really. No one should have to go through anything like that. Okay, Sherry, thank you for your call. Okay. Let us go to Bill in Toronto. Hi, Bill. Hello. 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 You're on the air, Bill. Hi, how are you, Libby? Fine, how are you? Good. Two points I have which I don't understand. The first one is uh, one of my friends needed emergency monies from the government. Federal government does provide something, uh, whether it's CERB or CRB, uh, unemployment, and, um, and they tell you to call the Ontario government for assistance. Well, we call the Ontario government, and they offer, if you give them three months of bank statements, They'll give you $163 total. So the Ontario government does absolutely nothing to help the people. I think they help with seniors' teeth. But <laughs> it's just unbelievable because the Ontario government does nothing, absolutely nothing. Now, the second point is, with the long, long-term care homes, where were they three years ago, five years ago, seven years ago? All 20 of a sudden years they woke ago. Up when COVID happened? And all these poor seniors, no air conditioning, and this whatever her name is Fullerton. Now I know I know personal Fullerton. She did absolutely nothing. A lot of she did absolutely nothing. She didn't get air in there. She didn't get the proper people in there. So it's pretty sad that our government is actually going backwards instead of forwards. Okay. Well, it 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 goes back further than this government, but the right. government d- 
did not, in my opinion, do the right thing when they knew that we were in an emergency and more was coming. But, but uh, every government has uh, does have blame on this. It's it's been you know it's just sure old people don't matter. But don't forget that a lot of these homes were private enterprises, so these people were only interested in one thing called making money. Well, some of them, uh, and we've got the result. Bill, thanks for your call. We have a new Minister of Long-Term Care. Hopefully, he'll get something done. Okay, have a good day, Libby. Thank you very much. Okay, let's go to Tony in Toronto. Hi, Tony. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Um, I personally have uh, an acquaintance that went to a residential school in the late 50s. Wow. Um, You know, I love talking to this gentleman because... He's just rich, full of stories, and you really get an appreciation for Canada's history simply by talking to an individual who's lived through many decades of change in this country. Now, that being said, you know, he did tell me on a few occasions how horrific the environment was in these residential schools. The kids were, uh, they took showers or they washed every two weeks. Um, The food was being rationed many times. Uh, past the expiry date, um, there was a great deal of illness and sickness. Um, they were beaten. They were uh, whipped, and you know, uh, with the straps. Um, and you know, they they thought that they didn't have any accountability. The majority of these kids came from very rural parts of northern Canada, um, which you know, perhaps they lived off the country, off the land. You know, seal fishing stuff like that. And I think maybe the government made an attempt towards changing this culture to Canadianize them. But little did they know that they were actually doing no better than what happened in Europe by the Germans in 1939. And I won't go into any further detail because you know what I'm talking about. Well, yeah, I'm not sure that the analogy works, so let's leave that. But, um, you know... um, the government, uh, you know, hired basically the Catholics, mostly the Catholic Church, to run these schools. Ultimately, they are responsible. You can't say I hired somebody and walked away. It was, it's, it, you know, the the Catholic Church has a lot of the blame, but so does the Canadian government. Tony, thanks for your call. Let us go to Irwin in Toronto. Hi, Irwin. Oh, hi. How are you? Fine. How are you? Good. I'm a first-time caller, and this, um, there you go, the bell. Thank you for calling. Go ahead. Yeah. So I'm um, almost 50 years old. Um, from Ottawa, Pascal, Ontario, originally. Both my parents went to Indian residential school. Oh my. Uh, so I work with the homeless at the city of Toronto, and I work with homeless, mainly men, Native men, who whose parents went to the schools and endured a lot of trauma and witnessed trauma in their families because of the effects of the schools. And and your parents, um, when you were growing up. How did it affect you? My dad, my mom would uh, abuse me, and my dad, my mom told me, if the nun had to beat me for no reason, you have to get beat, beaten. And my dad was sexually abused by a priest, and I was sexually abused. So we had to go through a lot of healing, mm-hmm. family counseling, cultural with elders, traditional healers, and um, I managed to um, come out of living, being homeless, and I managed to finish a social work degree at Ryerson. Good for you. Yes, and I wanted to say um, yesterday I was very triggered. I had to take some days off work, and um, it just 
it hit my heart. My heart aches. Um, my mom and dad wouldn't hug me growing up, and that, and, and uh, still don't, because you know, they didn't grow up with any hugs. And that's one. This it seems uh, it just hurts. And um, my my mom in Moosini, she had a residential school in Moose Factory, like a ten minute canoe ride. Instead, they shipped her and her sisters all the way to Fort George. And then other students from other provinces were in the residential school in Fort in Moose Factory, Ontario. So they couldn't be close to their family. And uh, my mom, I just want to share the story. My mom, she put a note in a bottle with her sister telling their mom to get them and to rescue them. They threw it in the bay outside Fort George Island, and it would always wash up in the shore. Wow. So these are the stories that I hear, and um, so much pain. And um, it, it just reminded me, it, like it's genocide. All these children that, were, that died and their parents never were told, and it just hurts a lot. It's, it's horrifying. And, and uh, you know, looking at the picture of the area with the markers, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, they're tiny little orange flags because the markers, there apparently were markers that were bulldozed. I, I would like to get to the bottom of that story because that, that's, uh, I don't know. Like they were, didn't mean nothing. And uh, I think it has to do with the, um, the Indian Act or or racial or the policies that construct us with different names and Indian, Aboriginal, Indigenous, First Nations, so many titles. It's like a legislated uh, racialized act. So it dehumanizes us. And I call myself Inunok, which means the people where I'm from. I don't say I'm Indian. I don't say I'm Cree, because Cree is a colonial term too. If you look deep into the language, it's a French colonial term, Cree eras. Um, and so that we're not Cree, I'm Inunok. So there's layers and layers of decolonization that has to occur. Um, so I wanted to share that. Um, Thank you. And I'll leave you with that, and I'm, I'm hopeful. Well, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. Thanks so much, Irwin, for your call. Thank you. Okay. Tom and Ajax. Good afternoon. Hi, Tom. Hi. Um, uh, I do not want to have Canada Day cancelled. That's more cancel culture. What I would like to see to recognize this horrible atrocity is maybe at 2.15, there's two minutes of silence. Mm-hmm. Because we still have to celebrate this wonderful country. And, um, you know, it is an atrocity. It does need to be recognized. And I think we should set apart, you know, a little bit of time on our day just in silence to, to recognize this. Uh, is that, will you do that? How are you going to mark Canada Day? Uh, I'm going to do Canada Day the way I always do. I'm going to put on my Made in Canada t-shirt. I'm going to put up my Canadian flag, I'm going to barbecue, and then if at uh, 2.15 they want to declare an official two minutes of silence, um, yes, I think that is appropriate. Maybe maybe 7.42, which is the number that they found at the site of this former residential school in Saskatchewan. Yeah, I'm going by the first uh, unfortunate, well, despicable find in in B.C., Um, yeah, you know, setting aside some time for the nation to to stop and recognize this, I think is more meaningful than just canceling it. Hmm. I would probably agree with you, and I, I'm I'm not even sure what's what's planned. Uh, you know, because of COVID, it's, I'm sure whatever there is is very very scaled down. Yeah, and this way it could be done. You know, they broadcast these things on radio and TV. What limited ceremonies they have right across the country, and that way we can, okay, now everybody just stop. This is why we're stopping. Think about this right now, and then, you know, 
move forward from there, trying to find out what happened to these people. And hopefully somehow, I don't know how, most of them, if not all of them, will be able to be identified. Yeah. Well, uh, there are records. I, there's uh, an alert, a news alert, that the Oblates, who ran a lot of these schools, the Oblate Catholic Order, has said that they will open records. And they've also said that they've run into roadblocks because of privacy laws. So, you know, you, you, everywhere you look, you can find bureaucracy yeah. blocking important things. Uh, there's yeah. one lesson of that, but let's see where that goes, because yeah. you know what? The records probably exist. Well, let's hope so. Let's hope so. And also, I've had my second dose. I would like to get a new Ontario health card that, that shows I've had my second dose. I have no problem with that. Oh, okay. Uh, maybe that's, an, well, that sounds actually more complicated than something else. But um, yeah, all kinds of suggestions for that vaccine proof. Thanks for your call. All right. Have a great weekend. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Murray and Malton. Hello, Murray. Hi, Libby. How are you? I realize you're running out of time, so I'll make this quick. Okay. Uh, is it not against the law to uh, not report a death? And if you have to report the death, who do you report it to? The Ontario government should have records of all that for us in every province, right? Well, I'm I'm not sure how far back those laws go and if it was different. You know, those are very good questions. I am assuming that there were probably records of this at these residential schools. But they've also said... They're treating it as a crime scene. I mean, uh, I would have to research what the laws were, and they're probably different in every province as they pertain to that. As you said, you're going to do a little more research on it, so I thought maybe you might want to look into that. Yeah, that's. uh, These are a lot of questions, and as I said, we're we're going to be talking about this uh, probably many times, but on the back half of the show on Monday. So people uh, listen in and hopefully that we will have some more answers by then. Oh, he's gone before I even said goodbye. But you know what? We are out of time. That's all the time we have for Fight Back for today and for the week. Have a great weekend, everyone. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.